says here, it says here. And now I click the button. And then I click and it says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me read this. It says, <laughs> it says, wait a minute. I click here and it's very small. And it says, this is an agreement that you will hold blameless. The make- Why do they make the text so small? Why does the text have to? Okay. <laughs> and I'm looking and I click. Okay. It's slow. And that is everybody in my family. <laughs> Just give me, don't, don't click menus. Here, make this thing with your fingers on the clicky thing. Don't stop clicking with the mouse. You ever get that with that? They go, okay. <laughs> and oh, there's a link. Hang on. Like double click the links. <laughs> you ever get the double clicking links? Yeah. Uh, okay. And then I want to copy. Edit and go hit paste. Okay, hang on. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to my impersonation of Thanksgiving across America. <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving, any yeah. really any holiday where you're you're forced to go home and pretend to get along with your family for a little while. Um, you know, a lot of people say there's the isn't there like some kind of like a holiday where you're supposed to go and like fix your parents' computer day or something? Isn't that like a thing? <laughs> The thing I, now, now, my thing on this is, I think this should be every time you go home. I've said this before. I, I will keep saying this, Dan Benjamin. Do not, do not. I will not be stopped. When you go visit your family next time, don't even ask. Just pick up whatever camera they're using wrong and turn off the flash. Hit the thing that makes the lightning bolt have a buster. Okay, you know what? Everybody's lives get better. Your camera is plenty fast. You don't need to make everyone look like a surprised corpse. Turn off the flash. Why do you, your pictures look so well? Because apparently everybody, everybody in my family is an old Jewish man. Why do your pictures look so good? Why does everybody not look like a surprise corpse? It's because I don't have a non-bouncing, incredibly bright flash in everybody's face. Ashen. Everyone looks, Dan, have you noticed this? <laughs> Relatives pictures, they're all over the Facebook. And you know, the thing is... They look they more oily than <laughs> ashen, actually. You think they have some kind of a flashy sheen? Yeah. Martin Sheen. I, I enjoyed him in that apocalypse. You know, he had an actual heart attack with that mirror. Did you know that? What are you talking about? You're talking about apocalypse now? He had an, about, a heart attack? Tiger, tiger guy. You're talking about the older one, right? Yeah. I think you're thinking of Pretty in Pink. You know, he's, he's very, he's, uh, isn't it, isn't it wasn't Charlie Sheen in Pretty in Pink? I think, you're, I think you're thinking of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, now, but Platoon's the one that has Willem Dafoe. Is that right? Uh, no, you're thinking of Spider-Man. Okay, and he's the one who plays... Gil, the fish in Nemo, um, he plays three people. He also plays, um, oh, I'm going to get, you know who he plays is Thumper. He plays Thumper. He plays the mean grasshopper in Bugs, Bug, Bugs Inc. What's it called? Monster's Life? Hmm. <laughs> no, Shane actually did have a heart attack. And my understanding was that he had to, cr- he himself had to crawl through the, like the jungle or something for a, a half a mile or something like that. Like re- in real life. Yeah. Well, Coppola had probably written that the night before. Did you have you seen the uh, the uh, the movie the his wife made Heart of Darkness Hearts of Darkness No I didn't I haven't seen that okay, Stop what you're doing right now literally hit pause Do you have right. a pause button it looks like an 11 hit that hit the pause right now on the show go watch Apocalypse Now Redux which is really really long and then you go watch Hearts of Darkness cuz his wife his lady made a movie of the making of the movie his and special it's, lady or his lady friend His very special lady friend and and it's it's uh what's her name I want to say Eleanor 
I think. And uh, it's really, really good. And you realize how monkey balls that a whole thing. You, you've never seen this. You, you, do, you, do you like Apocalypse Now? Yeah, yeah. I've got to see this. this uh, uh, I, I don't darkness. even know where to begin. Like Is it the, included? Uh, included? No, I, th- I think it's a bonus. <laughs> might be on the bonus disc. It's on the bo- it's on the bonus box set disc. <laughs> when did I become so brave? I don't know. It's a Shonda. <laughs> I, 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 here's the thing. Uh, there's so much that goes wrong. You keep thinking there's no way anything will go more wronger, and then it goes wronger. Okay, so like for example, they're, I think they were the Philippines, and they, they had to hire helicopters from like the Philippine, whatever the Philippine version of the army is. And so they're doing this scene that involves tons of explosives, blowing things up. You know, it's one of those Robert Duvall strike situations with the Wagner. And, and they're ready. Okay, and action. Stuff starts blowing up. And suddenly the Philippine helicopters get called away on a mission right in the middle of the shoot. Mm. The helicopters they have paid for. And everything's still all blown up. And then they got to start over. And he's writing it every night. Every night, I, I don't know, if, I don't think Milius is there, but he's going back every night and working on it. And it's, he loses his mind. He, he gets all curts. And don't even get me started on the Brando scenes. Can I tell you one more thing? Literally one more thing. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Brando was ridiculously expensive. And what he said was, okay, Brando, we'll give you all these millions. Brando says, I can only show up for so many days. He's only going to be there for so many days. That's my Chris Elliott version <laughs> of Marlon Brando. That was really good. Bananas. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and so he says, look, okay, Marlon, may I call you Marlon? He says, I got two things for you. I literally have two things to beg of you. Please, please read Heart of Darkness. It's, a, it's, it's, it's shorter than a novel and a little longer than a short story. Please read Heart of Darkness. It's really good. And please lose a little weight. That's, that's just hardly any, just nothing. You know, it's like a haircut. Just lose a little weight. Brando shows up. He has very few days there. And can you guess what happened? He has gained weight and oh. he has not read The Heart of Darkness and he hasn't learned his lines <laughs> as usual. And so there are scenes where Coppola has to sit there and basically coach him to improv or they have to find places to have his lines be where he can read them. Oh. Hell of a movie, Hearts of Darkness. Put it in show notes. Where do people find show notes, Dan? Uh, 5by5.tv slash B2W slash 70. 70. Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's Heart. apocalypse. Hi. Uh, 70. Oh, it's not up yet because we're still doing it. Yeah, we're still doing it. If you go there now. I think I I might need to start over, Dan. You want to start the show again? Good week. Big week. Oh, boy. Big week for Marco. Oh, man. Marco, how about that little guy? He's all grown up. But, you know, know, since everybody listens to all the 5x5 shows inclusive, we probably don't need to recap this, but but give me three three bullets. Give me three fast bullets on Marco this week. Uh, He has an Android app. What? I thought Marco had an Android. Instapaper for Android. He's got a new Android app made by his friends at uh, John, what is it, John Milius Industries. What's the name of it? I don't know. Fubarbat? Yeah, Fubar, Fubarbat.net. He's got a new Android app. New Android app. He's got, uh, apparently you can go to Starbucks and you can pick up a card that'll get you a free copy of Instapaper. How crazy is that? And then what's the big one? Uh, he's got a new little little boy, little baby boy. Oh, that's four. That's 3A. No, he's on that uh, Howard Stern deal. Yeah, he bought some ad space. On uh, the Howard Stern program. And a slightly confused Howard Stern sounds like he genuinely... Uh, <laughs> yeah, slightly, yeah. He's a little confused about where it is. He's still he learning it. how to download apps to his iOS device, but I gotta tell you. he sure does love... That's a big week because you guys, you and you and, you and he both, both like uh, Howard Stern a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting to be... Can you imagine that? Man, I, I'm excited for the guy. You know the best part though, and uh, you know, you predicted this would never happen, uh, but I'm... I'm I feel for him. I'm glad he's having a little trouble with this kid. I got to be honest with you. 
Because you predicted it wouldn't happen. I thought it might happen. <laughs> I don't he think said, it's going to last. I think I think before you know it, the you kid will be sleeping. You convinced that Marco, Marco is going to glide right past this. He's yes. going to keep... He sounds like he's not sleeping. He's doing the baby thing. He's got the carrier and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for him. It builds character. That kid has not had his butt kicked enough. That's his problem. You know he's like 14, Marco? <laughs> I didn't know. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. He and his wife is like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> it's a Well, I mean, it's, it's shorter than Romeo and Juliet, but then what isn't? Anyway, you ever seen Hamlet, the whole Hamlet? I don't think anybody's ever done the entire Hamlet. It's just too long. Now, Howard Stern, you know, he's a big fan of Hamlet. He runs it on uh, his, uh, he uses a Safari browser. I heard that and that was great. I, I could give a fig about, uh, about Howard Stern. I'm sure he's a very talented man. I was so excited for him on his behalf, for Marco, for 14-year-old Marco, to hear Howard Stern say the name of his app. How exciting is that? It's a real deal. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. <sighs> I buttoned it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I did. Uh, I, I got nothing. I, I per, per your per your passive aggressive demands, I have absolutely nothing this week. I, I like I said, it. I like I like that. And so you keep saying it, and that just makes you angrier and angrier when you say that. I feel like I should prepare. You know, we've got. I didn't say don't prepare. I just I'm worried that you're you're too prepared. There's mm-hmm. an mm-hmm. aspect of freedom that you find mm-hmm. when you understand the material, but you mm-hmm. haven't prepared a list or something. Something about a list that... Mm-hmm. An aspect of what? Hmm? Hmm? So, it's been a good week. I was eating pizza. I, had some, I sent you a picture of my, my, my kid eating a, eating a wiener. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. It was a good picture. It was good. I got that was a good picture. Focus on it. She, uh, we sometimes go to this place uh, uh, next door to, to get a hot dog. My neighborhood is very problematic, if I may say, yeah. for finding... Uh, healthy food options, which combined with my forgetting to eat until four o'clock is a deadly cocktail, my friend. Mm. That's when, that's when you're driving into chow mein country. <laughs> yeah, it's, don't take the top down for that one, buddy. I go to this place across the street and they, you order the, this chow mein. I think it's like uh, it's like a dollar 50 and it weighs 11 pounds. They give you 11 pounds of greasy noodles. You know, I'm not going to refrigerate that. I'm going to eat the whole thing like a gentleman and then lay down and just go directly to sleep. You don't get this anymore because of, of your sugar uh, optimization, right? Yeah. You just don't get tired. Well, you get tired at the end of the day, but you don't have like the lull in the day at 3 p.m. where you're like, oh, I don't know if I need another cup of coffee. Yeah. Or whatever. You don't feel like that. You just, you have sort of a even level uh, block of energy that lasts. And then at night you're tired and you go to bed. Wake up, do it again. That sounds very organic. Hmm. I used to, I used to, I'd be driving around and I'd, I'd, get, I'd get like, I've got to get some food. I'm hypoglycemic. And my ex-wife yeah. would say, no, you're just impatient. And that's, that's not anything that involves blood sugar. Yeah, we it's were. It, it's, it, that was the biggest. Hypoglycemic. That was, was that your di- diagnosis? That was a big one. one. That was a big one. Okay. And that was the worst part of it because it, it, after an hour or so after you eat, you'd be like really uncomfortable and, and angry and just feeling awful. And you'd think that you needed to go eat, so then you'd eat. And then the doctors are saying you should eat five times, five small meals a day. I, I well, let me eat eight small meals a day then, and it still wouldn't be right. Now right. I just but skip you meals. You don't want seven of them to be Snickers bars. No, now I can skip meals if I feel like it, <laughs> and I do. <laughs> and there's no no side a, effects to it. All we need now is a picture of you smiling, turned sideways, holding out the waistband of your giant giant pants that don't fit anymore. 
I love when people do that. You know, when they show that, that they've lost their 600 pounds and so they gleefully wear their, wear their giant pants. Now, hypoglycemia, is that the opposite of diabetes or is that love? Love is, what, what is, what is hypoglycemia? Hyperglycemia, is that, is that diabetes? Diabetes. <laughs> so this is the show, right? I mean, this is what people tune in for. Or no, isn't it? Let me check something real quick. Hang All on. right. Hmm. I've literally never been this angry. <laughs> yeah, do, you know, do you know how hard I try? I get up. I, I barely have time to finish coffee. I barely have time to watch that terrible early 90s X-Men with my daughter. Yeah. Why, why did we start that? I run here and I prepare. I sit and I prepare. I know. Did you, did you, you know, I had agenda items. I got through maybe four agenda. I got more agenda items to talk to you about. All right. Can we do them on but, the show or is it? Sure. Right. Sure. Sure. Warby Parker. I'm telling you, Warby Parker, I got an idea. I got an idea. You want to talk about some other things? Yeah. What else you got? What did we talk about last week? We had a, Last week was pretty good. People seem to respond positively to last week's show. Is that too I meta can't... to talk about a previous show on... Are you honestly asking me that? Yeah. Let me check something. No, that's fine. It's okay. fine. I just checked. All right. Yep. Um, I think actually that is a good thing because that, in a weird way, sometimes stimulates uh, further discussion. That, that sometimes can be a, you know, a good follow-up. I know follow-up is the third rail. I don't, I don't want to get started with that. But yeah. Oh, we do have one bit of follow-up, Dan, that I have to mention. Uh, you know, uh, you've heard of that Squarespace? Yes. Um, Squarespace is really good, does. They're really good pals. And I, you and I together ate the booger last week. Well, we shared the booger. We split the booger. We really messed <laughs> up last week by giving the wrong offer code. We kind of gave two offer codes um, for Squarespace. And I just want to very quickly clarify. Well, first, I want to apologize to uh, Ryan because he's being super cool about it. But um, if you are looking to... Uh, this is not actually a spot. This is a, this is a correction. Well, technically, it's a spot. It's a meta spot. Um, if you go to squarespace.com slash back to work and you want to sign up for one of these stellar accounts, <laughs> I'm going to literally read this to make sure I get it right. The offer code is lay down one word. <clears throat> and with that, you will, you will get all of the aforementioned Specials, you'll get 10% off whatever you get on there. Uh, but but uh, again, last week we gave a, uh, another code. And, and, you know, actually, oddly, that code will still work because Ryan's a gentleman and he went and fixed it. But uh, squarespace.com slash back to work, uh, lay down is the correct code. As in, uh, what's your parlance? Do, do you need to lay down? Do you know, we get corrected on that a lot. So our, our thanks to Squarespace uh, uh, for forgiving us on 5 by 5 and back to work. Do you see how often we get corrected on lay down, Dan? Yeah, people are very confused about the difference between lie and lay. Mm -hmm. Lay mm -hmm. is lay is a transitive verb. Lie is an intransitive verb. And, well, you can't lie somebody. Please, uh, please lay the book on the table. Is the example I remember reading. Is this why I had so much trouble in high school getting lied? Let me check something. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so last week, what did we talk about? Last week. Why don't you let me prepare? I wish you let me prepare. Oh, we talked about I expectations. I don't stop from you from pre preparing. It's your show. We talked about expectations. Yeah, again, we've been, yeah. How can you um, handle expectations? There aren't a lot of easy answers. As you'd probably expect. Hi. <laughs> so what is, what is this week's show going to be about? What people liked about last week is that we got into the topic very, very quickly. Oh, by which you mean you jammed the topic. The <laughs> right, right. The I, I only took 10 minutes to. Life. Yeah. Okay. Only took 10 minutes to start the 
actual well, discussion. I went, I went, I went, of course, as usual, because I'm a nervous little man who's constantly trying to figure out uh, ways that he might not be the worst person in the world. Uh, I went back and uh, listened to it. And uh, my favorite part was when, when I got all mad. I like it every eight weeks when I get all mad. <clears throat> what were you do mad you about? Like oh, just about why we do the goddamn show in the first place. Oh. Yeah, I and think- then you posted, you posted like a little, a little clip of that, didn't you? You posted yeah. a clip of like, this is why we do the show. That's, that's, this is actually almost an interesting topic, which is better than not having a topic in mind. <laughs> Whenever I go to Kung Fu Grip to find this stuff, I always find that, that picture you have a beast is just so weird. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I've seen that. With Kelsey Grammer is beast? <laughs> yeah. What were they thinking? And he sounds exactly like Sideshow Bob. It's like he's not even trying. <laughs> and, and, you know, how do you screw up Beast? That's, that's like messing up macaroni and cheese or a wet dream. Beast is so freaking cool. Yeah. And he's talking about tossed salads and scrambled eggs, if you know what I mean. Let's not get into the prison talk. There's two things I think would be interesting to talk about. <clears throat> well, more. We could do some more follow-up on expectations. Always, always an interesting topic because it is a black box, if you'll forgive my saying. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing what other pe- people think of that. I think that's really good. Uh, I'm not ready for the sleep episode yet. I just I haven't got enough sleep. Um, uh, B... Uh, I think we could talk about passive aggression because I think it's a very, very interesting topic that we mentioned in passing a lot and it would be fun to talk more about what that means and then what that means. Um, and what was my third idea? Passive aggression. Oh, I had a third one. I had a third one. Uh, follow-up expectations, passive-aggressive. Oh, and why we do the show. <clears throat> Which sounds corny and meta-meta-meta, but um, we've never... It's been a long time since episode one where we've talked about... And I'm not talking about in the sense of going off on a rant... But but talking about um, it sounds silly. But 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 like who who can be helped? <laughs> who 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 we have? Let me put it this way: like if you're if you're a vegan and 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 you keep going into McDonald's, like you're going to be so unhappy. Like there may be something there you could gnaw on one of the little toys or something, assuming it doesn't have butter in it. Do they put butter in toys anymore? Probably not. Only the ones in China from China. Okay, you're working, working a little bit ping pong. But um, I'd be interested in talking about any of those. You enjoy talking about expectations. I enjoy talking about expectations. Um, I'll talk about any of that. Passive aggression, I'm very interested in. Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess that'll just have to be okay by <laughs> me. It's your show. <laughs> it's, your, it's, your, it's your show. It's We're talking about whatever you want. No, it's you know good. What, uh, know, I like Dan, talking about I, your stuff. Dan, I, I have tried so hard to understand, and if it helps you... I guess feel better to think that this is my show. I, I want to support you any way I can. I guess I would like to apologize if you had your feelings hurt by what I didn't do wrong. <laughs> expectations. Expectations. <laughs> yeah. You want to do more on expectations? Well, I don't think that we beat the topic to death last time, but I think it extends into a lot of other areas of your life. Like last time we were talking a little bit about the personal life. There was one point, there was a, a crossroads in the last episode. There was a crossroads. And you said, do you want to talk about expectations more in terms of your personal life? And I blew right your... past your great joke about back to home. Did I say something? Yeah, it was funny you said back to home. You do so many shows so well right now, Dan, that, that I, guess, I guess I'm just amazed that you can remember anything at all. We should talk about passive aggression. I'm write that down. All right. I, I'm happy. I'm happy to talk about that. Um, I was saying we didn't. We didn't really go into too much detail about the work side of expectations, really at all. We didn't go into that. I'm not saying we have to go into that. Oh God, I, I would be. I would be so into that. Yes. 
Yeah, and it's it's come up. Um, when did it? It's come up recently, and in, in I, I have a lot of little offline visits with people that end up informing stuff we talk about on here. Yeah, that, which probably should come as no surprise, but um, can I read? I feel, there's there's somebody that before no, please, you do it, there, there's a this please. person. I'll, I'll I'll leave the person the person's name because when I read, I know I know you don't ever read the the feedback, the emails that we get. Don't I? No. But here is uh, so here's one that came in that kind of, uh, to me, related a little bit to expectations because it sounds like expectations are this person's problem, uh, maybe whether he knows it or not. His name, first name, Cameron. I think it's the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Let my Cameron go. Hey, Merlin. No acknowledgement. Hey, Cameron. Okay. Here's my situation. Maybe it will make good for a show topic. My problem is that I have stuff I want to work on after my nine to five, but I feel I don't have enough time, mostly because I'm just plain tired after work and don't feel like sitting in front of a computer anymore. The things, uh, the thing is, I feel like my brain is ready to go, but my body is saying, take a break. Put another way, I have my attention on side projects, but I don't have enough good working hours or time left after the day job. It feels like time and attention problem for sure. seems like I need to get more energy or care more. The thing is, I, I feel like I care quite a bit, but the lack of energy uh, thing keeps winning and he asks about advice now what to me i know that he's saying this is a time and attention thing but i also think this could be an expectation thing yeah on a variety of levels mm-hmm. yeah what do you what do you think some of the, first of all thank you to cameron because that's clearly uh i assume it's a man that has uh listened to this show a lot and that's really super cool yeah um he's uh he's touching a lot of my buttons very gently which is how i like my buttons touched so thank <laughs> you cameron um and I don't think you can actually run a car backwards to take miles off of it, just for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of car is that? A Lamborghini? No. Ferrari? Uh, Ambergesa. Ambergesa. Maria Ambergetti. But that's the thing. Here you are. You go to work because mm-hmm. you, need to pay some, you need to pay some bills, we would assume. Mm-hmm. You got bills, you go to work, and you come home, and you're like, man, I got all these great ideas, and you just you can't execute. I remember something that Gary Vaynerchuk said on mm-hmm. stage at one of these events. And he was, people, this was his answer. He was saying, people ask me all the time. I'm sure I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm getting this wrong. But he said something like, you know, people ask me, uh, how can I be more successful in business? When do I have it? When do I have the time, et cetera? That kind of thing. And he was saying, he was saying from 7 to 11 p.m. every day, if you have a job, from 7 to 11 p.m. every day, that's when, that's when you do it. That's when you work on it. And I wrote him uh, an email and I said, you know, I, I know you're an extraordinary, extraordinarily energetic person, but after you have your first kid, tell me if you still think that there's time to work from <laughs> 7 to 11 every day mm-hmm. and, and still spend time, you know, with your kids and being a dad and whatever. And he wrote me back and said, okay, we'll see. Now, I haven't come back to him and asked him. I think that his energy levels are different from most people's energy levels that, you know. But did, you ever that, get a kid? did you ever get a kid? He did. Yeah, he made one. Was that an acquisition? Yeah, it was like a merger. Okay. And Dan Cederholm made that? <laughs> I think the original design. Okay. But, you know, I, I think we talked about this a little bit early on when, when you and I had a conversation about, is it possible to have a side business? Is it possible to have a job? Is it, you know, and, and a business and that won't they both suffer and that the whole thing mm-hmm. uh, from decades ago. And, I think this kind of, in a way, goes back to it because you have you have a situation where here somebody is clearly saying, you know, I go to work, and they they what they didn't say 
is that they don't like their job. They didn't say, I don't like my job and I wish he just, he's just saying, I want, I want to spend time on side stuff too. Now, is the implication there that you wouldn't want to spend time on side stuff if you were doing what you really loved? Is that too narrow of a viewpoint or can you, can you simply say, well, there's more than one thing that I want to do. Maybe I want to, you know, maybe I, I, during the day I do something that I love, but there's other things that I love that I also want to do. And I, I can't do them during right. the day because of this, this job that I love. What if you love your job? Mm-hmm. What if, what if you're very effective in your job? What if people around you, as you walk in the door in the morning, hand you coffee and applaud you for the great job that you're doing and give you raises and you feel like you're doing what you were meant to do and you're thrilled to do it. But at the end of the day, you want to do that other thing too. What if the problem isn't that you want to quit your job and that you're unhappy, which seems to be our theme a lot of the time. What if you actually like it, but there's more that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's fine for Merlin to just, you know, have three jobs. You're, uh, you're, you're drinking more coffee, aren't you? A little bit today. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think this is, uh, I think it's good. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Uh, Cameron, let's, let's move on to the power user stuff. Let's, right. let's get away from, and uh, by the way, I would like to get angry again later. Cause I think that's when I'm really <laughs> good on in fuego. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bominous. Um, but let's talk to the Camerons who do care. Like you, you don't need the, you don't need the 101. Jared or, from Subway. What that mean? Jared from Subway. Oh, does he have big pants? <laughs> Did you, is this not you? No, it was what? Was that? what uh, there's somebody, I'm Merlin Mann on Twitter. Uh-huh. Oh, who's using the picture of you taped onto my body in, in downtown Austin, that one. Mm-hmm. His name is Look At Me. And he says, hi, I'm Merlin Mann. I'm doing my podcast with my good buddy, Dan Benjamin, who is also known as Jared from Subway. <laughs> huh. <laughs> That's not I, you? I, I, I assume no, that was you. No, you would have heard me typing. I heard, I heard all of those words, but I don't understand <laughs> what they mean when you put them in order. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, fake Twitter person. It's very it's sweet of you to take the time. Um, but let's, let's go to the, the, the pro level here. Yes, right? please. Let's, let's get past the, the like Merlin yelling at you about whether you care. Yeah. And, and I like this, this expectation angle um, because it's a little bit philosophical, I guess, but um, I think there's some kind of hidden little bear traps in the expectations that, that are going to be there even when you get good at it. So I wrote down three things. Um, so what you're, we're stipulating here that you're somebody who, who likes your job, you're somebody who needs to have a job, but you're somebody who also wants to do other things and you may be tired, you may be, <clears throat> you may be just have, you have too much on your plate. You, yeah, you care about it all, right? And let's say it's all good stuff that you care about. And, you know, maybe some of that good stuff is having two or three kids, right? Um, I think it's hard when you get to three because then you're outnumbered. <laughs> like, how do you fly? Weight-wise, you, you fly. mean? Hmm? Weight-wise? Are you still making the Jared joke? Yeah, that's, like, that's like a 14-year-old joke. No, I'm saying that, that you said you're outnumbered. Oh, okay. Hmm. When you go in somewhere uh, to a job... Um, you have an expectation of what that place is going to give you. And um, because, because I'm a big dumbass who doesn't have a real job, I would say, okay, well, first of all, even if we assume that you're there for the money, oh my gosh, there's going to be so much more to your job than the money. The, the money will become the reason that you go in to and out of the door, but please don't wait until you're 50 or 60 to realize there's a lot more to it than that money. But having said that, even setting aside the money, you are going to have expectations of that job. So, so expectation zero in some ways is your expectation of that job. Now, soon enough, you will realize that that may be supplanted by the, the, the job's expectation of you. Not to get all Yakov Smirnoff here. But, but when you get in there, 
um, you may learn a lot more about what's really happening there. And then those expectations will come along. Um, and slightly related to that and almost exactly the same is that there's the expectations of the people who are in a position to like tell you what to do and evaluate you and you know have a direct role in how, how you're treated in terms of money um, and promotions and stuff. But then really as important are the expectations then of your peers, your colleagues, all the people you work with, people who may not have a direct line to getting you fired or uh, promoted, but people who have a huge influence, right? So you got your expectation of work. You've got these two levels of work's expectation of you. And then this is where it gets thorny because now you've got your own expectation of yourself. And to me, this, this blooms into a thousand rotten flowers if we're not careful. Mm. Because one of your expectations of you might be, oh my gosh, I'm such a terrible human being. I'm doing this half-assed job at work. I'm doing this half-assed job at home. I care about both of these, but I'm not doing either well. I have certainly been in that uh, rotten flower mixed metaphor boat. I've been in that position, gosh, so many times. But, my, but let's, let's go further this, uh, these expectations of yourself. I should be, able, I'm the kind of person who reads and then responds to all of their email. Or I'm the sort of person who never drops the ball. I'm the, but I'm also the sort of person that's always home on time. I'm the sort of person who's very responsive to what people ask of me. My expectations of myself are that I have this high standard of whatever the hell words you want for an excellence or whatever. Like I do stuff well. That's who I am. Mm. My expectation of myself is whatever I undertake, I will do very, very well, um, which is fantastic. Um, I think that's a very salutary, what's the word for it? It's, it's really something to be respected if you do feel that way. But that is challenging and not everybody can pull that off. And at some point, those expectations are going to collide with each other. Um, now, you say this is the point we make a lot. I think, I think there are a couple points you make a lot. Mm. I think you're, and they're good points. Is this where you not, get the angry part? God darn it. Uh, no, but your thing about how you have to commit, even mentally commit to something yeah. rather than just kind of fiddling with it. Sure. Um, that, that, you know, that, that, that will also require a big change in expectations. The, you know, whether this show is about quitting your job, gosh, I really hope it's not. I, I hope it's about not tolerating the world treating you badly and acting like that's okay. That's kind of what I really hope the show is about. It, 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 you're the one who has to realize whether it's your job that's causing that problem. <laughs> or in this case, for today's show, your expectations of the job. So first of all, I just want to say, you know, Hakuna Matata, good job. If you can pull off all those expectations, that's great. But you don't have any control over almost any of those expectations except really the ones you make of yourself. And those expectations, this sounds silly, but the expectations you make of yourself factor heavily into the expectations with other people, right? So for example, if your expectation of yourself is you're going to do your best today to have made one great thing, let's say whatever, maybe that's up in the cloud stuff. But if, you're, if your expectation of yourself today is, you know, no matter what else happens, I'm going to make something really, really cool or I want to do something really, really cool. Maybe you want to finish one flawless TPS report, whatever <laughs> it is. If your expectation of yourself is that grown up and I would have to say pretty smart is that like, I'm going to try to make one good thing today. Think about how that affects all of the other expectations. Well, now all of a sudden, what about the expectation? Oh, remember, you're Johnny Flawless, right? You're, you're uh, you know, uh, Phyllis Efficiency. It's pretty good. That's really good. Thank you. And so, and so uh, you feel like you always meet everybody's expectations, including your own. Okay, so now what do you do when somebody wants to pull you into uh, you know, a quick status meeting about this project that you're very, very loosely associated with? Well, you got to meet that expectation, right? You got to go in and do that. 
you know, what if the expectation of somebody else is, oh my gosh, in my case, like, you know, what a couple weeks ago, my kid had a fever. I don't want to leave my wife at home to have to just go take care of a kid with a fever. I want to be there. She's much better at helping with that. But like, I would feel like a real tool if I wasn't there. And I want to comfort anybody and help any way I can. That's an expectation I have myself. Again, not great at it. But you tell me about a world where all those expectations will work together. And, and no, it is not possible for me to ever get away from the issue of scarcity. It will always come back to care and it will always come back to scarcity, right? I, I don't know how you get away from that. But as far as the expectations of work stuff and the tired stuff, well, I think that's where you have to go back to these first principles of like, what are your expectations of yourself? Meaning, yes, if you demand a very high level of quality from what you do, if you demand a very high level of output, if you demand a lot of anything from yourself, then you have to seed yourself less of other things in order to do a lot of something else. I don't know how you get out of that. And in Cameron's case, I'm very sympathetic to the thing of like getting home and being tired. I have to walk up a hill from my office to, to get to our house. I've mentioned this a million times. But, you know, with a with the backpack... And I'm usually running late, you know, I'm going kind of fast. I got to get to the hill. Then I got to go up a flight of stairs and another flight of stairs. And by the time, you know, I run into Cyclops and Cyclops is very excited to immediately (laughs) get Nightcrawler to jump straight into some serious rescuing. I'm exhausted. Like, I just want to go up and drink some soda stream and hang out for a minute (laughs) and put my damn wallet on the table. Right. But Cyclops has, it's like, you know, that Cyclops is kind of, you know, the leader, you know, Nightcrawler serves you know, at, uh, at the behest of, of yes. at the behest, if you like, <laughs> of course. Um, and I am tired as heck. And I have to be honest with you. I have been trying to read volume four of the uncanny X-Men Marvel masterworks for about five nights. And I've been too, t- I end up just sitting on the couch and like watching Mad Men. I don't even have the energy to read a comic book and I don't even have a job guys. I am so sympathetic to this. You know, I, I Gary Vaynerchuk, he seems like a nice guy. He talks faster than me. He seems nice. He seems to spend a lot of time answering email. Um, and still, he gets a lot of stuff done. That's great. If he can pull that off, that's great. It sounds a little screwy to me, but like I say, he seems like a nice guy. Um, but if that comports with his expectations of himself, himself, his life, <laughs> with himself then he's going to do great. I think the thing where we walk around feeling crappy about this stuff and where we procrastinate and where we beat ourselves up and where we eventually become that sad little man who says that's fine for Merlin. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you haven't recalibrated your expectations of anything. And now everything, you become like one of those, one of those portly government workers, God bless them, who's just sitting there. And again, you have become furnished. You've literally become like, like, a, like an Ottoman. And, and, and you're just waiting <laughs> for stuff to be visited upon you so that you can be nonplussed by it. That's no fun. Like that, that's when you start to lose your humanity a little bit. Not when you work for the government, it's a great gig, you get insurance. But when you become somebody who's, who's stopped being sensitive to how that stuff can be hard and you stop, as I say, recalibrating those expectations, this is all over the map um, as usual. But I, I don't know how we get away from this, this thing that we come back to a lot, which is yes, the care and the scarcity. Well, you can care tons and tons about stuff, but at some point you have to set aside some things to do to meet your own expectations of, of the, uh, taking care of the thing that you care about. And in your case, it sounds to me like one answer for that is, well, you know, the sacrifice that I make, the scarcity that I acknowledge, is that even mentally, I have to commit myself to this thing. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm, I don't have a chance of having it work out. 
right? Is, is that fair to say? Like, yeah, you, I mean, I just, I feel so like... That's your philosophy, that's, though, right? It's, it's not something, I, not to get too Buddhist-y, it's not something I cling to too strongly or maybe not as strongly as... My wife always says that whenever I say something, it sounds like I'm very, very convinced or convincing of it, which, you know, I don't, I don't mean to say that, that that's the way it has to be or that's the way even it, that it is for myself, but when I've observed myself in, in the success or failures that I've had in a lot of different things... It seems like my track record is better personally for me. It's better mm-hmm. if I commit that way. For me, that's, that's been my experience and observing other people who I have seen try to do, you know, that sort of spreading yourself too thin almost otherwise. I don't think you need to defend that or, or explain it. I mean, it's, it absolutely makes sense. It, it, it is hard for, for people um, especially if they've never done it once. Yeah. Again, now, of course, we get back to the expertise thing where anything you haven't done once, of course, it's going to be frustrating. Um, you know, and this, <laughs> I made the joke about getting your butt kicked. You know, the upside of getting your butt kicked is, is that you learn um, not only a certain kind of humility, but you learn that you'll survive. And that, uh, that is nothing. There is no pill for that. There is no book for that. That's, that's just going to have to be the hard knocks. And everybody gets them. Don't worry. They'll come along. You'll have plenty of opportunities to get that. But you know, one of the things we talked about last week that's so vexing in an office or, or work environment are, as we said, the expectations you don't know that people have of you. right? And, and I, for myself, I've always found this... In trying to unpack why work stuff is hard and why email is hard and things like that, I, I keep coming back to this idea that there are these expectations that you have trouble meeting, but there are all these expectations you kind of don't know about. And, and just not to rehash too much, but for example, you might not realize how important it is to this person who is, let's say it's somebody who's very careful about email. Let's say it's even somebody who's very careful about being on time. You may never know like how seriously that person takes sending another person an email. Oh boy, I got a story for that. Yeah? Oh yeah, when you're done. It's almost done. Um, and so we talked about that last week, but I think we should do your story and a sponsor. But just, just to wrap up this one part and uh, get you a look at your chops for the next part, that's such a disgusting phrase. I like it. Is that like when a wolf looks at somebody and they're hungry and they and yeah, turn yeah. pork chop? Or like <laughs> when, when the dog, you have, if you have a dog, if you're unfortunate enough to have a dog for a yeah. pet and, and, and it's, you know, dinner time, you walk over to get the, you know, the dog food and then just, just sitting there staring at you. But I mean, if I look that up on Wikipedia, is there going to be a part of a dog's face called chops? Oh, no. Can you imagine that having a dog? Oh. Ugh. Ugh. Can you imagine it's like I it's just like threw up in my mouth a little. Oh God! Please never say that again. It's the worst. Where's the beef? Oh. But here it comes, and you knew it was coming. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. is the uh, the your expectations of yourself, right? Because again, now if you're an honest person and you're the kind of person that I was talking about and getting all angry about last week, if you're somebody who does go and talk to people when you think there's a disconnect at work. And boy, they're, they're just rare, rare as uh, hen's teeth, finding people like that. But if you can find somebody, who, if you are the sort of person who will go and say, talk to Johnny one email and say, wow, this is, I'm, I'm sorry if this, I didn't deal with this in the way that you want. But again, you may not know that. Let's say you do know that and you go and you deal with this. Well, then now you're really recalibrating two different expectations. I don't think this is quite as silly as it probably sounds. Johnny one email has to have some sympathy or empathy for how you work. And it sure would help a lot if you have empathy for them. You know, and you know what won't work though? If everybody you work with is flawless and forgiving and perfect and awesome and on time and on budget and on point, 
That doesn't change the fact that if your expectations of yourself are out of alignment with reality, then you're going to be a little, a, a sad little man a lot of the time. And you will start to procrastinate and you will get mad and you will never, it'll be, it, you will be very lucky if you ever manage to do anything that makes you happy. Because I think that is a kind of self-perpetuating anhedonia. It's an unhappiness that feeds more unhappiness if you're constantly at odds. And I can give you some, I can give you what I think would be some great examples of this. Let's go straight back to the running analogy. Mm -hmm. If your expectation of yourself is you're somebody who can run a marathon, but you've never even gotten the shoes on and walked out the door, like when does that get better? Well, it gets better, gets better when you realign the expectations and say, well, what I really am is somebody who thinks a lot about running, but I need to be somebody. The expectation I want to make of myself is that I'll find a little bit of time every day to do this. That's a much more realistic expectation. And so we should come back to this because it's going long here. But, but like for somebody like Cam, hi, Cam, who I see on the Twitter here. Um, I mean, there's one way you could do it is to break it down into smaller pieces. You could, I mean, this is just classic old school uh, productivity stuff is figure out the times of day when you have the most energy. Um, and in my own case, I'm much more likely to make, get started on making something cool in the very early morning. I learned this when I was working on the goddamn book, The Trademark of Merlin Man. Uh, where like, I would go, well, I've been working for 116 hours in a row. And so I will see my daughter for six minutes. And then at 7.45 PM, I will go work on my book. And I don't, I think it's, I think it's highly unlikely, despite the however many tens of thousands of words that I produced for this abortive project, that I don't think many of the best words I ever did happened between 7.45 PM mm -hmm. and 3 AM. And boy, is that hard for me to admit. It's all, it's, it's really, it is really true. Because it, when you admit that, in a way, it's like you're saying, well, I wasted a lot of time. That's absolutely right. And not to get too personal, but it's also, it also makes a lie out of all the times that I forced sacrifices of other people and myself in the service of something that ultimately didn't get made. Yeah, at the behest right? of something. That, right. Well, right. like it's red, red Dawn, right? You piss on a spark plug. If you're desperate to get this kind of this, this thing that you expect of you, isn't that Red Dawn? Isn't that Swayze? Wolverines. Okay. <laughs> That's for after dark. We'll talk X-Men. Right. But you, but, uh, boy, that, that, that is really, really hard and difficult. But that, but I, boy, I sure cared a lot. Sounds like Cam cares a lot. I have, uh, like my friend Jason wants to start, you know, roasting coffee. Like there's, there's, I have all these pals who are like, have this thing that they want to do, um, and aren't in a position to just quit what they're doing. But like, here's, here's the really small, dumb, and probably useless advice is, yes, looking at things like when you have energy and looking at times when you don't. And, um, oh, boy, this is risky. I'm very, this is risky. Like, what if you had half a day? No, no, not half a day to do your project. Like, what if you had half a day to finish your work at work? Think about that day before you go on vacation. Mm. This is such a great day right? You're about to go away for two weeks. So the day before you're incredibly tense because you're wondering who you haven't sent stuff to. You're certainly sweating the fact that you're going to get a back full of knives while you're gone. Probably you're already sweating the fact that email is piling up new things are coming. But then on the actual day, let's say it's a half day before you leave to go somewhere for two weeks where you maybe even might not have internet access. There's like a weird, like freeing sensation to that. Of like, wow, oh my God, I have to leave here at 1130 because the plane's going to fly away. <laughs> so I have to have my stuff packed. And for somebody with ADD, that compression is so awesome. There's such a huge amount of compression to going, oh, okay, well, I just realized that 
worrying about these 14 things is so beyond useless because there's no way I'm going to be able to do those today. D- okay, so just, no, 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 stay with me in the mindset of somebody who is at work for a half day before vacation and think about that, right? D- doesn't that sound familiar, Dan? Very. Where you're going, I got to be out of here. Yeah. I know this one thing I've got to do. I have got to talk to this person who's going to be filling in for me on this aspect of my job. I have to do that. I have to set my away message in my email program. Um, I have to take my old tuna casserole out of the refrigerator or I'm going to make Janice mad. But you know what you're not going to do? You're not going to grab that stupid 50-item to-do list with all that junk on it that you know you're never going to do. I know, not you. (laughs) You're not going to sit there and tick through that. You're certainly not going to spend an hour processing it like you do three times a day. You're going to go, oh, I have this sudden clarity of vision that all that anxiety means nothing because now I just have to do the stuff I can do and jump on a plane. Okay. I know every day can't be like that. But what if every day was almost like that? You know, what if every day, what if you had to get done a huge amount of stuff in, I'm not going to say four hours. <laughs> what if you, what if you didn't have eight hours to work today? Because if you have eight hours to work today, you could probably stay at work for 12 hours and still find a lot to do. What if you arbitrarily said, I'm going to have most of, I'm going to have the balance of my most interesting work done um, before I take a break in the morning and I'm going to have completed everything that's extremely important before noon. Because I'll tell you what that is. That is some serious career cross-training. If, if you start doing something like that, you know what you're not going to be? You're not going to be on your ass at 4.30 freaking out. You're going to get into that mindset of saying, I know there are, I'm not going to do 14 things today. You know, I'm not nine. I don't, I don't just think that like fantasy things happen and you know, <laughs> hobbits will come out of the desk and you know, help the elves make my shoes or whatever. That's not going to happen. Um, so the practical component of this, to throw back to you and your story in a second, we should do a sponsor. Yeah. But the practical component is that the, one of the first expectations that, that, I'm not saying you have to change of yourself, but you have to recalibrate of yourself, is what kind of things are possible and what kind of changes uh, could make those the most important parts of those expectations really valuable? The obvious one, if high quality matters to you, you know, it's again, project management. If high quality matters to you, then you're going to need more time to do it. Or you're going to have to become Superman, right? Mythical man month. You're, if you want, how are you going to suddenly become 10 times more productive than you are right now? That's really ambitious as an expectation. But I guess I, I feel like, you know, the, the jobs are like closets where, you know, you'll always find, you'll, you will always fill every closet in your house. You're never going to have an extra closet. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Am I right? Or yeah, you're, all, you're right. It's true. Um, but work is like that too. If you didn't have to run and get that plane, you would have sat there and looked at those 14 to 50, 50 things that you wouldn't have done anyway. And you know what you did? You did three things you had to do. So... If you want to go roast coffee or you um, want to make an oil painting or you would like to go volunteer at a soup kitchen or you would like to go do something after work, well, maybe one way to do it is to not be so shagged out by the end of the day because of all the things you haven't done by not meeting your own expectations. Maybe the new expectation is I realize that it's really my life that is at stake here and not simply my quote unquote job. And once you take that super duper seriously, other people's expectations of you will change too. Because if you stop overcommitting to things, then the expectation will be that, oh, well, I know this person has credibility and will do it when they say they will. And if they can't, they won't accept it. And yes, this is where it gets fancy. But this is how you get to roast coffee and be with a kid is doing stuff like this. Um, that's enough ranting. You should tell your story. 
Oh, so uh, we're back to uh, Johnny One email. So somebody who takes communication seriously, uh, some people in the office take these things very seriously, other people right. do not. Some, some people will ask you to cut their steak three times a day, mm-hmm. and other people just don't respond to email. Yeah. yeah. Anecdote. Uh, anecdote. A personal one. Deeply personal. <laughs> My cousin, he is an uh, electrical engineer, like his father before him. And uh, he builds, he, do, he does work, like, I, this is one of those things, you hear this and you're like, I don't even get it. He, he does antennas. You know, I, he does, like, I don't, I don't, there's like a whole he science. Does, he, do, he does antennas? He does antennas. Hmm. Like, hmm. He, his, his entire career at Focus is his master's degree and beyond, antenna technology. This is what he does. So, you know, I figure to him to solder, or as you say, solder something would be, you know, something pretty easy. And I wanted to make a guitar pedal. I'm thinking I'll, I'll make some kind of cool fuzz pedal to trick it out. So I've, you know, I haven't soldered anything in a long time and I've never, I don't know how to read these, you know, diagrams. You can download diagrams for like classic fuzz pedals off the internet. And I thought it might, might be a fun thing. Maybe my boy's a little young, but maybe it's something we could do together. So I emailed my cousin. I said, uh, Mike, what, where, where can I get started? Can you recommend a book for somebody like me who has never actually soldered anything meaningful since I've graded the RAM in my, you know, Commodore 64 and, or Tandy, maybe it's a Coco. Anyway, can you recommend something for me? Where, where do I get started in this? And he wrote, he wrote me back. I didn't read the email that he wrote me back because it immediately got piled under about 1,000, 1,500 other emails Oh, yes. That are all very, very important. That I, 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 I am unwilling to declare bankruptcy. I am reading them all. I am replying to them all. And I saw it in there. Like I saw it come in. I said, "Oh, great, that's him. He's again, you know." But it, 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 I'm not there yet. So a few weeks went by, and I, I had a call with my mom over the weekend, and bringing her up to date on everything. She's like, "Listen, I went on a walk with Aunt Rita, and she let me know that you had emailed Mike with a question, and he wrote you back, and." I, he hasn't heard back for me. I'm like, oh yeah, that's true. I'm really behind. I'm sorry. Uh, can it's family? Can you please email him? It's family. Ugh. I'm like, yes, I will. I will email him. I'm sorry because it would make it easier for me with Aunt Rita. If you could just okay. So I went home. I email. I emailed him right back. But for me, if I don't hear, if I I send and receive so many emails. I'm so uh, swamped with it, so far behind it. It's I, I'm so close to that point where I just want to say, if you emailed me, I'm sorry, I'm never going to just throw my hands up. never going to get it. I'm sorry. Right. I can't. I'm not willing to do it yet. But the point is that to me, and I, I'm dealing with hundreds of emails a day sometimes, so that that one that my cousin sent, which might have been one of five he sent that week, I don't know. But I'm guessing it, outside of his job in electrical engineering, he's probably not doing a lot of emailing. He's not like the, he's not like a Facebook kid. You know what I'm saying? It just so to him, this was like an important email. He you know he received an email from me. Doesn't happen all the time. He th- took his time to write me a thoughtful response with some resources in it. And I was too much of a of a busy jerk to write back to my own cousin. And that you know, I'm not saying he thought that, but that's how I felt. Like after I really thought about, it, I'm like, man, what a jerk! I should have, of course, I should have written him back. 
first and now right. now my aunt is talking to my mom you know what i'm saying like and to I me told, it was I, I totally it was like one of 200 emails i got that day i i and i i hadn't even read it you know so it's like understanding that and people's perceptions and expectations of you and setting those correctly can can be very so of course of, you would look at the situation now and like of course i should have prioritized that one and but some i, I didn't even know that it'd come I through you know? i don't know i totally i first of all dan i while you were saying that i, I already thought of three examples from very very recently where i i had almost exactly the same experience really oh yeah i mean but you, i think that you nailed it though um Hopefully in, in kind of a value-free way, but like you're somebody who gets and receive, you, you get and send a lot of email. It sounds like uh, he's a fellow who probably doesn't. You that's know. that's what I think. Yeah, that's okay. Which sounds obvious to, to everybody except that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, over over whose emotions you have how much control? Yeah, none. Right. Okay, and this is where it gets complicated. But it is family. We've talked about this before. The guy who saved my father's life that did you know sends me things about Obama not being from America, and you know I, you could do a certain amount of filtering. But but you know the trouble is that I, I was with you up to the point of like you should have prioritized that better. Well, how many other emails in your inbox should you have prioritized better? Well, all also? of them. Every one Exa- of them. Yeah, all exactly. Right, but then what? Now, now, are you going to have time to even do this nonsense with me if you're reprioritizing all of your email? Because I, I, the reason that is so complicated, I know this is obvious, but it's it's still it's worth saying, is that is that disconnect in expect in expectations, and and like so. The, let me just let me add a little little bit of uh, hair to that bald spot. Here's the you ready for this one? Oh, you know what? I can't even say it. Say I can't it. Even say it. No, I can't. I can't because because the guy's already pissed off at me. But like I. I implicitly said that I would go to a thing involving my with my family. Mm-hmm. I did not go to the thing, and then I did not. I did not kind of acknowledge that we had not gone. And then after I was contacted about having not gone, mm-hmm. I didn't respond quickly enough to the note about not responding oh, and then right. responding about not having gone. Mm. And then I think there might have been another email after that. So I'm deep, 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 deep in, in, in the emotional debt stack. <laughs> and because it's somebody I like a lot, yeah. and because it's somebody that I respect a lot, and it's because it was somebody with a lot of uh, what John Roddick would call dignity, um, <laughs> which is a complicated word. He's a, he's a guy who does not take something like that lightly, and I felt badly that I had treated him that way. Yeah. And I could I f- could afford to find the time to explain my non-behavior to somebody because that is somebody I like a lot. But goddamn, if I'm going to do that with everybody every day, because I would never get anything done. Mm. And I would be so, we could all put so much more effort into not assuming that that means something about us, that that person didn't write us back. I had a family member invite me to a thing. It was like a, a PR event. And I want to say I never got the email. I'm sure I got the email. But I, I didn't I didn't respond to it. I didn't find out for months about how mad he was. Oh man, that's the worst. He was good and mad because of exactly the situation you described, which is that he is a man, a businessman who takes that stuff very seriously. You know, you know the kind of folks who like write emails like letters yes. and then kind of wait by the mailbox. Like you just seem like the biggest tool in the world. But and so what do you do? Well, you do one of those like I answer all my email with five sentences. Hello, I'm a signature that says I check my email <laughs> twice a day. Okay, well, 
that'll help a lot because now you didn't answer their email and you're kind of a dick. Like that, that's, there's no way to solve that. I have tried all of those, right? There's actually services you can sign up for now that won't let you write more than 140 characters, mm. right? <laughs> I mean, which is like buying some I think kind I've of heard aperture. of that one. It's like buying some kind of an aperture for forcing you to eat vegetables. It's like, I'm not sure you're solving <laughs> this problem in the right way. Did you want to talk about uh, uh, something? Yeah, let's talk about that thing. Tell me, tell me about something you like. I like Igloo. 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 It's the new digital workplace. Igloosoftware.com. But they made us a special URL. Dan, Dan you told me about Igloo. And I said, I've heard you talk about Igloo. Uh, I, I would like to learn more about Igloo. The nature of what they do makes it somewhat difficult for me to put my hands to an actual app that they have made. And, and I told you that. And so what did they do for us? They, well, th- here's what I want you to do. Go to igloosoftware.com slash Gene Gray. <laughs> Isn't that great? This is the way you teach a man who went to public schools what your product is. That's right. Is. That's right. Oh, my God. igloosoftware.com slash Gene Gray. <laughs> yeah. Now, they're give, we, we should also mention, here's like the hook. The hook is, <laughs> if you want a soda stream, you can, you can go here. And there's a link on the side that says, I'm just here for the free soda stream. You click that and you sign up for a, a demo and you'll get a soda stream. <laughs> there are people, but there are people here who don't have computers probably. And here's what it says. This is gorgeous, like 960 page. Yeah. Hi, can I ask you a question? Does your office suck at talking with each other? Do you keep getting inviting? You keep inviting Janice to meetings. Uh, it's, and he's got links. Is to everyone afraid? <laughs> is Before everyone... you answer. Hi, Sub- this is on the page. This is on the page. Obi-Wan is not your only hope. Yeah. And then there is a, I'm just here for the free soda stream button. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, kudos to Igloo. They're fans. They are fans of the, sh- of the show. So this is, they're, so they're giving, giving away a soda stream just for you guys, just for listeners. You sign up for a free 30-day trial, or you can just enter the contest. It's your choice. But let me tell you what they are. They're, think of them as your digital workplace. Okay, so what does this mean? This means you can give updates, you can have discussions, you can share files with your team, and you do it all in one place. There are plenty of apps out there that handle each of these individual things, but there are very few that do them in one place, and there are, there are very, very few that do them with the elegance and the integration that uh, the Igloo folks do. Uh, it gives you visibility into what's happening throughout your whole team, across your whole office. There's an activity stream that actually makes sense with what project management is doing every day or how development is going or what marketing is trying to get you to do. Uh, you can create spaces for these different departments or teams and they can have their own calendars. They can have their own forms, their own blogs, their own repositories. There's even like Twitter, speaking of the 140 character updates, they have these integrated. Now uh, you can this even is, make private kind of spaces. I, might, I would still, I might have a job today if, if things like this existed. When I, when <laughs> you I had might a job. be willing to. Be this is, I, my job used to be spending all day trying to make, make things like this work without these tools. Right. That was my entire job was trying to make people talk to each other <laughs> in That's the right. same way. You were the guy. And it's all here and it's beautiful. It is completely beautiful. And look at that. You, you can, can, you can totally people. customize it. You can, if, if you're worried that, well, is this insecure? They, they encrypt everything on the back end. They have SSL for you to connect with. If you want SSL, if your boss says, well, it's, is it secure? Yes, it's secure. Here's, no, they'll tell you how it's secure. You can customize it, make it look. They actually built one for 5x5 five five and they made it look exactly like, for better or for worse, they made it look exactly like the 5x5 five five website. But that's just showing the power of what you could do there. Can we do this? Can you and I use this? Yeah, we can use this. So should I request a trial? Yeah. I'm going to request a trial. All right, will do you, it. Will you use it with me? Uh, yes. We 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 get in my space. Yeah, I want to be up in your space. You'll be up in my space. Will you be in my activity stream? I will. 
Mm. Really? You like that kind of thing? I do it. Do it. Okay, you know what? We're going to do this. So igloosoftware.com slash Gene Gray will show you your support for the show. It will show you everything that uh, that we're talking about, and you can get your soda stream. And they actually do give these things away. I don't know how many. I don't know if it's just one or if they're giving away. Who knows? Maybe they're giving away one to every person who fills at the form. I'm not promising that. <laughs> I have a feeling they're not going to give one huh? away to every person who fills I, out the form. I, they probably aren't. That's why I said I'm not promising anything, but who knows? Did you just use weasel words? Is so that, is that like, like when you say... Everybody who signs up on the page, so does that a weasel? So stream weasel. doesn't say. No motorcycles after 3 p.m. <laughs> oh, wait. There is a rules and legalese page on this there. This is pretty. Contest this is pretty. rules. Dan, this is what a great time to be alive. They're selecting... Know, no, they're just randomly selecting one winner. So it's... They, how do we know it's random? How do we know there's enough entropy? I don't know. Cleric... I think this is terrific. You got igloosoftware.com slash Gene Gray. You know what? I'm going to toot this. Do it. This, I'm not usually a tutor, but I'm going to toot this. I'm going to say Winner by acceptance. Any prize agrees to release sponsor from any and all liability claims or actions of any kind whatsoever for injuries, damages, losses to persons and property, which may be sustained. Anyway, that's the page. <laughs> you can read that. Read that. Okay, page. let me see. I click. Let me look. Okay, it's uh, click igloo. Okay. And I click. Oh, wait, here's a link. Okay, there's a the link. Got it. The world is your workplace. I'm down with this. Dan, we're signing up for this. Did you know that for thirty at least thirty days? We're gonna sign up. And then we might want a soda stream. Are you gonna use this with me? Is they have an enterprise edition that we could use? Uh yeah, they got, I mean it's all enterprise. Okay, I'm signing up right now. What's the name of our company? Should I should I say back to work? Yeah, back to work is good. Okay. I'm gonna do it. I'm doing it right now. I just wanna say, um, you know, and who's who's the who's the nice young man uh, from Igloo Software that I've tutored with? Oh, the guy that you're going back and forth with the CEO who's got the mystery beverage. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some kind of lysergic Sherlock Holmes. Story. The guy, the guy's name over there at uh, that I deal with over at Igloo is Marco, not the same Marco. Marco the, sub two. Marco with a K. Uh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna put my real phone number in too. Boom. I'm signing up for it right now. Well, I would just like to say thank you very much for doing this. And we're going to use this product. Uh, and um, I just have this one spot, right? But we'll, we'll, we'll come back and talk about it anyway. Because the Gene Gray page. Yeah. Man, you know how to get me. You, under, you understand me, Marco, with a K. You know where I live. You know you know how to get into my activity stream, my friend. Mm. Oh, we'd like to thank our friends at Igloo Software uh, for supporting 5x5 and back to work. Gene Gray. Are you okay? You doing all right? Yeah, it's all right. Did I, did I screw something up? Are you mad? I feel good. Are you firing me? I don't, I don't have that power. It's your show. It's your network. Fizzy water included. Huh. You know, I signed us up for a Twitter account. I, just, I don't know what to do with it, but I signed us up for a Twitter account. It's a B2... Well, no, uh, you don't want me to say it? There's nothing there. It's just a picture. B2... Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. It, no, no, it's all right. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be a little surprise for people. Oh, look at that. Oh, why don't we use your... your I don't want to use your avatar for it. Why? We got that nice logo with yeah, the thing that but, uh, Jordash made us. Yeah. Well, whatever you, it's your show. Oh, it's your Twitter account. I sent you the creds, didn't I? I got the creds here. I'll send you no, the creds. I was never sent those, coincidentally. You oh, I like that the location is Austin, Texas, instead of San Francisco. And look at me. I live in San Francisco and I climb stairs and hills. Yay! It's very important what I do. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can I get a bell? Very important.
I know you don't listen to Roderick Online, but I got a bell. I do listen. They don't. I'm behind. I'm behind, but I do listen. Well, last the last three have been pretty good. And there's a new you look nice today. Oh, I did see that come out. <laughs> Adam's funny in that one. He talks about getting uh, Bloody Mary mix on his shirt. It's pretty funny. Yeah. What is the deal with travel? Who's coming up with this stuff? Jeesh. Um, progressive aggression. Uh, never soldered anything meaningful. Hmm. 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 Well, uh, I we've got we've got we've got two we got a big fork in the road here. Do, do you want to go uh, more with uh, the people who are mad you didn't answer their email, or do you want to go with the um, the uh, expectations uh, uh, at work thing? I think there's still a lot to discuss with the expectations at work thing. We could also talk the practical talk up the uh, practical component of uh, of changing or adapting or recalibrating your expectations of yourself and others. Is that, is that lame? You can hear me, right? I like the idea of recalibrating. But I have to think about it because I, as you say each one of these things, they each sound appealing, so I got to weigh them out. I talk kind of fast, don't I? Yeah. Okay. But such is common for people in San Francisco. Man, we're not worried about being understood. We're worried about being loud. <laughs> nah, I have a streetcar. Um, the recalibrating part. Um, there's a thing that I always worry about and a thing that I always think about. I, I hate being stupid about the same thing for a really long time. Um, I, I, I'm okay with being stupid. Obviously. Um, what drives me nuts is not realizing how stupid I was about something for a really long time. I'm not trying to say that, that you, you as an audience member and listener is being stupid, but it, I just say that for myself, it drives me crazy when there's something that should have been kind of obvious to me that was there for a very long time. And I walked, I, 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 maybe, I don't know if it's blindness or if it's certainty or if it's habit or precisely what it is, but like there's, there's this thing about just where you just wander around uh, carrying this same kind of emotional debt with you all the time, and let's be honest, the kind of, kind of you could also be walking around going being a person who's like who's like uh, you know uh, Johnny Efficiency who who thinks you know I'm great at this stuff. There's no improvement opportunity, but you also could be a little bit of a sad sack who's thinking you're never reaching your own expectations. You set a bar so high for yourself that you're always disappointing yourself, and consequently, you stop giving yourself permission to do cool stuff. Because that's the muscle you exercised was mm-hmm. the one of being disappointed with yourself. Does that, is that going anywhere? I like that. Um, and I'm trying, the reason I'm hemming and hawing and being all over the map is I'm trying to avoid rehashing <laughs> the care and scarcity stuff, but it's so hard not to do that. You know, um, let's take it from this angle. Let's take it, let's take it from, from a different, more humane angle. Um, I do this talk about meetings and, and ways that one can improve one's meetings. And, and I, I like to think that the thing that distinguishes my talk or, or, or this particular take on it mm-hmm. is that it's not, it's not a, like a, a typical back-to-work polemic about blah, 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 email's hard and meetings are hard and deedly, deedly, dee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Josh isn't here this week, so I hope someone's writing all these things. I hope so. I, I, I'm liking never soldered anything meaningful. What, what, um... Like I say, no, nobody thinks they're a bad driver. Nobody thinks they're bad at email. Everybody thinks they're great at French kissing, and that's because they've never asked around. But if you were to start asking around and you found somebody who had perhaps been drugged, uh, I don't know, phenobarbital, something, they might actually like tell you the truth. They might go, you know, actually, it's not even that you're not that great at it. It's that you're not that great at it and you think you're great at it. And boy, that, that's really, really hard. 
for, for, for somebody who is open to the fact that they're not great at something, that's somebody that you can work with if they're being honest about it. The, the troubling part is somebody who won't even acknowledge that they're not that great at something. Um, and I, I think, I think this, is, this is where we get into some of the complexity at work. So the meeting thing. Everybody hates meetings, right? You hate how much everybody else's meetings suck. Meetings suck, meetings suck, meetings suck. Oh, I hate meetings. We waste a lot of time. Like how many people have ever really stopped to ask like how good their meetings are? How many people have ever stopped to ask how much they prepare and how much they respect other people's time in meetings or in, in attention for that matter? And that's why this meetings talk, that the reason I like it is that it does involve what I call first-person transitive, which is the notion that of instead of trying to say to this generic group of people, hey, let's make meetings better, what if we took a different approach of saying in a much more muscular way, hey, I'm going to make my meetings better. You guys can suck a nut. My meetings are going to be awesome from now on. And, and, and if you're feeling super courageous and you want to put on your brave pants, like you could go, look, it's even okay if these other meetings suck. Now, that doesn't sound complicated, right? On the face of it, it seems like you could just go in there and be all Braveheart and have great meetings. But the truth is, if somebody had a meeting before you that runs late and you, as is your uh, value, start that meeting on, t- on time and end it on time, that is incredibly disruptive to the rest of the company. Yeah. If the culture, that sounds really simple, but you know it's not. If the culture is your company is basically just whatever, <laughs> there's your mission statement. It's not your mission. It's your reality statement. <laughs> Just whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, you're not allowed to start your meetings on time, you know, because uh, Jimmy Joe Bob from BizDev ha- has to go over here and have and talk about his shoes for a while. So he's probably going to be kind of late. And then if we start late, he's going to come in and we're going to have to catch him up because he's been thinking about his shoes. Well, that is disruptive. And that does take a certain amount of courage. But that's first-person transitive. First, and again, again, you don't have to be Merlin Man the, the jerk about it. Like, but what if you started taking a more muscular position in this? And there's words we use about this that are heavily value-laden. Things like, are you six? And act like a grown-up <laughs> and stuff. Which you're there for dramatic effect. But let's talk about expectations with that muscularity. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, this, this, this takes a lot of courage. But, okay, start with yourself and your expectations. Are you being really honest with yourself right now about what you expect of yourself? Do you really expect that you will be able to do a good job at work acknowledging everybody else's expectations, taking care of those expectations, doing, taking care of all the expectations of everybody in your life and in your family and, and beyond and all the people you don't know who expect things out of you? Have you ever yelled at somebody in customer service, like on the phone? I have. And you know how much control that person has over anything at their work? <laughs> Nothing. They had nothing to do with the policy. They had nothing to do with the thing you got that was broken. And they have nothing to do with what the ability is to change it. Except to go, yes, you can talk to my manager or something, something. And yet you yell at that person. Well, think about that. Think about that all day long. That person has to get yelled at because that person demands satisfaction. The person who calls them up. Well, they don't have any control over that. And you don't have control over anybody else at all. And yet all those expectations exist. So at the very heart of all of this, like, what, what is your expectation with yourself about how well you have to address everybody else's expectation? This sounds, that sounds a little loony, but I think that's really true. Because I think you are on a fast road to crazy if you think you have any control over that. And if you think you have the ability to ameliorate any of those unmet expectations, especially on a case-by-case basis. Because again, Dan, like my, my pal who thought I was coming to the thing... yeah. Your family member who's mad you didn't respond to the email, right? 
you have any sense right now about what percentage of the stuff in your inbox might be close to that situation? Because I have no idea and I hate thinking about it. Yeah, it probably all of it. It's probably the only safe assumption. Well, th- there's, there's, only, <laughs> there's only one option for pleasing somebody when they want something from you and that's to do it freely and immediately. And pretty much everything else will fall short. There aren't that many people who really want something from you that, that want you to take your time. And that's hard. But okay, so 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 first level, like, are are you okay to live with all of that? And then, are you willing to have a certain openness about, as we say, recalibrating those expectations? And then, of course, we get to the annoying hard part, which is if you are discovering that there are expectations that are starting to really, really push you down, and they're um, not resolvable, then you have to do the thing. You have to start having the conversations with people. And I, and and let's 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 as long as we're making this our greatest hits uh, collection, right? Let's look at the managers. And are you, if you are a manager of people, do people really understand what the expectations are and what the rules are for, for meeting those expectations? Because um, as I've said, I don't, I don't think that's always as clear as a lot of people think. Um, and going back to the very beginning, your expectations, what did I have here? Your expectations uh, uh, of the job, for example, what your job expects of you and what you expect of you, have you updated those recently? Because, you know, what you saw on Craigslist um, will probably be pretty different from what you thought it would be even on the first day of work. A week after you're into a new job, it's going to feel even more different. A month into a new job, which is an increasingly less new job, it might feel really different. And I have a pretty good idea that if you stayed at that job for five years and you went back and read what you saw on Craigslist that made you want that job, there's a pretty good chance that it's not completely up to date. Haha. Okay. Well, have have you changed your own ideas about that job as a result? Because you might be able to do a better job of what you do at work if you do realign that. And uh, of course, as we end up having to mention sometimes, you may also realize that uh, it's it's not really the job you want, or the expectation that you really need to ask of yourself is, does this still have a place in the person that I want to be? But <sighs> I got to say it. I don't. I don't know how you deal with the world without making your peace with the fact that you can't control other people. I have no idea how you sleep at night, how you stay sane, and how you become anything but a frustrated and angry and sad person until you accept that you have zero control over other people, which is very easy to say and very difficult to do. But, you know, how did it work out with your brother-in-law? Did you mend that fence? You mean my cousin? I'm sorry, your cousin. Yeah, I, well, I, I, don't, I don't know that he was, act, you know, who knows? Because I heard it through the grapevine, but I wrote him back. And I said, thanks, you know, sorry it took me so long to get back to you. And I haven't heard back from him. <laughs> I don't think, I, I hate, I, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't think that's helpful. No. <laughs> I, I don't think that has anything to do with how that person thinks about it. Because, in fact, it could make, it could worsen the insult by saying that. And in my case, dealing with, with what I was dealing with, you know, I got to be honest with you. My first, my first reaction was to go, really? <laughs> my first reaction was to go, like, first of all, like, oh my gosh, I, maybe, maybe I am a hippie, but I've reached a point in life where I, I'm pretty okay with not drawing a clean conclusion about what somebody thinks by what they didn't say. Mm. That's a little bit crazy. Or by what they didn't respond to. 
I mean, maybe, you know what it is? Maybe it's because I'm such a basket case as a human being that I'm really open to the idea that other people are having a bad day. Yeah. If I were wired a lot tighter and I really had it all together, my standard for excellence with a capital E might go a lot higher and I would demand better of others. But I don't know. I just feel like I understand why phone calls are late. Uh, I understand why meetings go wrong. I personally, I understand how a feeling, just the feeling of being overwhelmed by the stuff you've got to deal with, whether or not you truly are overwhelmed becomes its own problem. Now, here's the distinction to make. Is that hypocritical? Yes, all of this is hypocritical. That's why it's interesting. But here's the problem. It's the, the real trouble in this is, is not that those things exist, but like that you haven't made your peace with it. So in both your and my case, we don't have an answer to that. Like, I don't, you don't, obviously, you don't have an answer to this still kind of unresolved. Well, it might be resolved for him. Your cousin might go, well, Dan's kind of a jerk. I'm done with that. But you still don't feel great about that. You don't feel great about the fact that you've still got all that email that you can't do everything in the world with. And I, I'm frustrated on two levels with, with my situation. Because on the one hand, I do feel bad that anybody would, you know, <laughs> assume anything about me based on an email I didn't see. But I have to also be honest that there's just part of me that's a little galled that I have to explain myself <laughs> based on somebody else's assumption. You know what I mean? It's like some it's almost like somebody wakes up and goes, I just I dreamed that you cheated on me. And it seemed really real. <laughs> and like, what do you say that doesn't sound as bananas as that is? Like, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't cheat on you in a dream I wasn't really in. But like, how different is that from like you didn't respond to my e email and therefore we're not friends anymore? You know, at, at, at the risk of a heavy, heavy repetition here, something I said a long time ago that I believe is that email is like pebbles. And that really almost anything where we ask somebody else's attention is like a pebble. Yes, I'm repeating this, but this is really good. You know, you think of it as one tiny thing that you give to somebody else, but you have no idea how many pebbles that person already has. And you may be somewhat unsympathetic. Um, if you look at the number of pebbles you have, think about how you feel when you get 10 more pebbles. Right? Pretty soon that you start feeling pretty weighed down. Yeah. It's just that the, also that's just a cultural disconnect. That's a, you know, we joked, I don't know if this will end up in the top of the show, but we joked about having to, you know, working with things like like trying to help your older relatives at, you know, holidays with fixing their computer and you watch some the way someone uses that computer and you're like, Oh my gosh, we're on such different planets. It's it's not even that like you're learning the most effective way to use VI. Right. It's like you're double clicking links. Right. And that's, that's, a, that's a cultural difference. Yeah, you just watch the common ground just dissolve underneath you. <laughs> I can't believe we're sharing poultry. Right. <laughs> okay, this is running really long. Oh, yeah, it is long. It is long. Uh, can I tell you about something I like? I would love to hear about it. You know about this MailChimp? Mm. Are you familiar with that? Hold on, let me look. No. Okay, let me check. Hang on. Yep. Okay. Still up. Uh, Mailchimp. Mailchimp is a fantastic uh, service. If you have to do anything with sending email to people and you want to do it in a cool way, you got to be using um, Mailchimp. They have a free account. Did you know this, Dan? That I did know this. Two thousand subscribers, twelve thousand emails to them every month for free forever. Yes, and uh, and so we've been doing a, a project with them. This is going to be. A, I, I think. I'm not sure exactly how many parts, but over I think two months we're doing this. We have uh, something called Markbag. Mockbag, which is the official newsletter of uh, 5x5's Back to Work program. And uh, what, gosh, what do we have in the last one? I think the last one was uh, we have some of my hair challenges. Yes, yes. We had, um, actually, you know, I got a lot of good responses to this. I had a bunch, I had some links to some video stuff I've done. I'm happy to say that the little listing of, of blogs that I like 
um, I can tell you from the lick, uh, excuse me, the lick what? <laughs> the click, the click uh, statistics that those are the most popular things that people clicked on were people learning about GridRider and right. learning about one thing well. And that's awesome. Like, I think that's, that's just the best. Um, and so we have a new issue coming out this week. Dan, this is going to be the fifth issue of the bulk bag. I know. And were you aware that it, it's thematic in nature? I was not aware of that. Yeah. I should really send you more things. You know, you know what? I'm going to email you more about these things. Okay. Given that this is issue number five, this is going to be, you need to sign up for this. You can subscribe to the, um, uh, the book bag um, mailing list and you can subscribe, you can unsubscribe, whatever you want to do. You can come to the show notes, go to the show notes to sign up for this. 5x5.tv slash B2W slash 70 and you can sign up for the book bag. This week, because this is issue five, is Fives themed, fives.com. I have a website called fives.com that I've had since Christ was a corporal. Five, I-V-E-S.com, and it's just a list of five things. So with the exception, I think, of show notes, I've got about 30 lists so far. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to be all, it's going to be all lists of five things. <clears throat> so this is a good, this is a good week because people, Dan, did you know that people love lists? I don't know if you're aware of that. Yes, I knew about that. Even the Buddha loved lists. You know, we, hmm, is that right? Yes. That has nothing to do with Zen and dishes. Nope. Zen is a hmm. new thing. So that Bonnie Franklin vehicle in 1978? Uh, we got some from listeners, actually. Listeners have been sending some to us. Uh, well, let's see what's some here. We got five things about bulk bag number five, five most common mispronunciations of uh, bulk bag, the five Star Wars movies to watch, <laughs> five, uh, five uh, Merlin's nicknames for Dan. <clears throat> oh, five nicknames for Marco. Should I give you that one? You want one freebie? Yeah, do that one. Money Boy, King Marco, The Instabillionaire, Daddy Cashflow, and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Daddy Cashflow is awesome. You like that one? That's a new one. It's really good. Some from our listeners. Uh, let's see. I want that. Joe Whitman writes with five words that would sound great only when said by Morgan Freeman. Uh, Sid O'Neill sends five British meat-inspired alt-rock bands from the 80s you probably never heard of. And the hits just keep on coming. So go to... Uh, go to um, 5x5.tv slash B2W slash 70 to sign up for this. <clears throat> and it is going out this week. It's been a big week, Dan. I don't know if I've had a big week. Did mm. you, you had a pretty big week. Pretty big. So I'm a, I'm a little behind. I'm a small butt. But but I, I will, it'll be going out this week. Hey, you know what I got on here that I got to talk to you about? Five cool things Dan has made. I got three so far. And I, I wanna, I wanna I'm surprised get you got three. You know what? Do you remember how angry I was? Yes. Yeah. Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing but affection. Oh. But um, but this Mailchimp is really really fun to use. It's it, um, the the first week I used it, I was kind of confused because I I thought it was going to be harder to use, and so I way over planned. And now it's because of the way that I work. It's so great that all I have to do is I write all this stuff. I use NVALT and Marked. And you know, um, Marked has this really great new feature now where you can basically do like an include. You use the markdown. Have you seen this? You know, you can do like less than, less than, bracket, name a file. Right. And it'll do it as an include. So you can sure. have one long document. So I, I just throw all this, I have separate documents for writing all of these. It spits it all out into one mark file. I copy that HTML out of Brett's wonderful app. And then I just go paste it in and send it. And that's all there is to it. This is the writing that takes time, but the using of the MailChimp is great. And they've been a fantastic longtime sponsor of, uh, of our program and of, would you say they're an anchor? They're an anchor for 5x5, five five, wouldn't you say? Very much. Uh, if, if there is an anchor, it is certainly them. Yeah. Not in a Connie Chung sense. But, but, uh, but, but they've been super supportive. And we're, we're, we hope you will sign up. And, and uh, I hope you will sign up also for the free account because it's, it's a great service. Costs almost, almost nothing for the free account. Almost nothing for the free account. Yeah. Can you have as many as you want? 
Good question. I saw a sign once, saw a sign once at a Wendy's that said, uh, all you can eat, uh, all you can eat singles, uh, 99 cents each. <laughs> See how they took it and they turned it? I like it. So, uh, MailChimp.com. Please go and sign up. And uh, we thank uh, Mark and MailChimp very much uh, for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. I want to come back to management because <clears throat> we keep dancing around that. I but I got to gotta go. We got to journal. We got to tungle it. Really? Really? You got to yeah, go? I got to go. You got to go pick up camp? Pick up camp? I, I need to be available to do that right now. You don't have your phone nearby? Uh, no. Did we cover? Do we do we cover enough about expectations? I don't know. People, will all be. I'll get emails. Dan, I can't believe you stopped. What was the best show in the history of Back to Work? You should change your email address. I will. I'm doing it right now. You want to button this up? I love you, Merlin Man. I love you too, Dan Benjamin. <laughs>